Hey, welcome to episode number 112 of More Than Bread. My name is Dan. I'm a pastor, your Bible reader, and uh, the host for this podcast. Uh, you know, more than anything, I, I hope that this podcast, even the podcast title, is just a constant reminder of the saying from Scripture that we cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we're going to live a life that thrives, we need more than bread. We need more than physical sustenance. We need spiritual food. And I, I hope that, like me, as we dive into the Word, you're gaining a bit more hunger for the words of God found in the Word of God. I'm I'm praying that you are finding a certain soul satisfaction as the Spirit breathes life into the Scripture. He has an amazing way of doing that. It's not its not just words. It's not just a study book. It's its a, a means, an avenue for God to speak to us by His Spirit. So in this chapter of More Than Bread, we're spending some time in the Psalms. Top 40 Psalms, I've called it. My, my top 40. Though I've said a few times, if you have a favorite, I might find a way to drop it in. So just send me an email, dan at calvarysc.org. So I think the way uh, this works best is that I I drop a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, and and I suggest that you listen to those five and then maybe find one to replay on Saturday if you want to, and then do whatever you do on Sunday to spend your own personal time with and for God. So 40 Psalms, doing it that way, will take you about two months to work through. And, And in this episode, we're listening to, diving into Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is a remarkable psalm that explores the beauty and the power of God's revelation through both creation and his word. Living here in Pennsylvania, I love creation, although on on days where the haze from Canada fires are, are kind of makes it a little bit rough. But, but at the same time, God's creation is amazing, and God is on display through creation and, and his word, Right? So let me just set it up with a few thoughts. Psalm 19 can be divided into three sections, each one highlighting a different way that God reveals himself. In in verses 1 through 6, it's the glory of creation. The marvels of heaven and earth reveal the power and glory and majesty and creativity of God. The heavens declare his glory. You'll hear those words. In the second section, verses 7 through 11, we shift to God's word, specifically here, the law, the law of God. And don't just think speed limits, do's and don'ts. This is even broader. This is the guidance of God, the ways of God, the paths he lays out for life, the regulations of the world, his ways, his voice, his words are perfect, trustworthy, right, and more desirable than gold or honey. They bring wisdom and joy and enlightenment and guidance for a life that thrives. The, the final section of Psalm 19, verses 12 through 14, takes us from contemplation to personal reflection. The glory of God revealed in creation in his word leads the psalmist and, and should perhaps lead us to acknowledge our lack and humbly embrace our frailty, our need for grace, our need for God's cleansing forgiveness. And then, then the whole thing concludes with a prayer. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So as you listen to the psalm, let your mind, heart, imagination just wander a bit. Psalm 19 is filled with poetic language and vivid imagery, metaphors, the the sun as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and the law as sweeter than honey. 
In fact, Psalm 19 has had a significant impact on literature and music throughout history. It's inspired hymns and songs and literature that celebrates the beauty of creation, the value of God's word, and and this internal longing for spiritual growth and, and, and even purity. So whether you're a longtime student of scripture or brand new to the voice and the word of God, this psalm is an invitation to go a bit deeper, encounter the living word that has the power to shape and transform our lives. So so close your eyes and, and just listen. Unless you're driving, then just listen. But let the words enter your heart and mind through your ears. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, and yet their message has gone throughout the earth, and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It it bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They're more desirable than gold, even the finest gold, sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They're a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me. God, cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I'll be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Creation and word both reveal God's glory in different ways. His creative work and his life-giving word. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. The word craftsmanship is literally the work of his hands. The heavens proclaim the skies display the work of his hands. Now, let me just pause there for a moment. The, the work of his hands. I, just, I want you to pause for a moment and imagine his hands. So many times in Scripture, the hands of God take center stage. I, I don't know how God works with you, but often as I'm reading the Bible, whether it's my own time with God or, or study time for a teaching, there will be a, a single line or thought that, that kind of sticks with me. Like I remember studying the book of Nehemiah a few years ago, and Nehemiah's words in verse 8 of chapter 2 contain one of those thoughts that has stuck with me since I studied the life of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, in essence, is sharing this great God story in his life, and he says this in Nehemiah 2.8, And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. Do you hear what Nehemiah is saying? saying this this God story that I'm going to share with you was written by the hand of God. It wasn't my strategy or my leadership or my plan. It wasn't my resources. No, it was God's gracious hand upon me. And if you've never done this before, just do a study of all the times in the Bible where it talks about the hand of God. It's it's amazing. It's it's a hand of power and a hand of presence and, and a hand of judgment and a hand of intimacy. 
In 1 Chronicles 4.10, it says, Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me. So many references to God's hand in Scripture. In Psalm 144, the psalmist writes, Stretch forth your hand from on high, rescue and deliver me. And again, in Psalm 145, you open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. In Luke chapter 1, John the Baptist was described in this way. He said, Certainly the hand of God was on this child. In Acts 11, the hand of the Lord was on the church, and and many believed and turned to God. And I love the image that Jesus gives us in John 10, that when God has us in his hands, nothing can snatch us out. We are safe in our Father's hands. See, see the hand of God, it's the hand that carved the mountains, but, but it's also the hand that shapes our heart. It's a hand that fights for us and holds us close. And and when we're in his grip, nothing can steal us from his heart and his home. Every answered prayer, every miracle comes from the from the hand of God. But you know, it, it goes even deeper, right? Even more personal. Isaiah said in Isaiah 64, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are our potter and we are the work of your hand. It's the same message that Paul gives in Ephesians 2.10 when he says, for we are God's workmanship. Literally, you are what God does. He's shaping you to be like Jesus so that you can do the works he's prepared for you and prepared you for. Isn't that amazing? The same hands that created the heavens and the earth, the, the, the hands that the psalmist mentions in verse 1 of Psalm 19, those same hands are shaping and crafting you, writing your story. So just think about what God sees when he looks at the work of his hands. I mean, take a moment and remember a scene of beauty, that creation beauty that you've experienced, something that made you stop and breathe deeply, open your eyes a little wider, made your heart fill just a little bit more full. One of those moments when saying, oh my God, was entirely appropriate. I mean, all fall, every fall, Lynn and I are in search of the beauty of the fall colors. Oh my God, I love fall in PA. Or maybe for you, it's a sunset. This last year, some of the sunsets God gave us looking out over harvest fields were breathtaking. Or perhaps for you, it's the stars at night. I mean, think of the heavens beyond our blue sky. Think of the vastness of the galaxy and and the universe. I mean, the, the Hubble has brought us telescopic pictures from from space, the Eagle Nebula, where there are clouds of gases and microscopic dust reaching six trillion miles from top to bottom, giving birth to hundreds of stars hotter and larger than our own. In the language of one reporter, towering clouds of gases trillions of miles high, backlit by nuclear fires and newly forming stars, galaxy cart, galaxies cartwheeling into con- collusion and and sending explosive shockwaves boiling through millions of light years of time and space. Imagine what God sees. Imagine what God sees when he sees an infant baby, a grandson, a son, a daughter, a granddaughter, a when he when he sees creation, I mean, don't forget that line in the story of creation in Genesis one thirty one. It says, "Then God looked over all that He had made, and He saw that it was excellent in every way." I mean, do you think that He's ever stopped looking, stopped seeing the beauty? It's so amazing to me, the stunning and breathtaking individuality that God invests in every leaf and every sunset. I I couldn't help but think of the words of Stuart Hine from an ancient Swedish song. Oh, Lord, my God, 
when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. And again from Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Can you imagine what God sees? But now of all that God sees, ponder what he treasures. Imagine all that could be precious in his eyes. Imagine that perfect sunset, the fall colors in PA, or the eagle nebula where the clouds of gases reach trillions of miles from top to bottom. Imagine scene after scene of beauty and grandeur and awe. And and now in the midst of all that God sees, hear hear God say, "I, I know you by name. You're mine. I'm the Lord, your Savior. You're precious in my sight. Those are his words to his people in Isaiah 43. Do not be afraid. I've ransomed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. You are precious to me. You're honored, and I love you. Of all that God sees, ponder what he treasures. John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, the world and all of its imperfections. I mean, is there anyone not included in the world? <laughs> a few words later, John will say, so that whosoever believes can become a child of God. He traded the life of his son for whosoever. I mean, is there anyone left out of whosoever? Of all that God sees, ponder what he treasures. Well, yeah, but you're thinking, you, you don't know what I've done. You you don't know what he sees when he looks at me. That's why I never tire of this message. I mean, again, listen to Paul's words in Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his very own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Long before all of that grand and awesome creation was even a gleam in Father God's eye, Paul says that God loved us and chose us. He created you in his image. He fashioned your heart with his heart as a model. At the very beginning, the warrior poet David wrote, as he formed you in your mother's womb, he dreamed dreams about your life and he looked forward to all of your days. His plan for you has always been for good. In Christ, you are without fault in his eyes. If you are a Jesus apprentice, if you believe in Christ, God doesn't just see your as-is life. He sees your as-will-be life. All things new, filled with glory. You know, sometimes as I pray for you, as I pray for us, I find that I can't pray for more than a few minutes at a time because there's there's just such an intensity to the way that God grips my heart and squeezes the tears out of my eyes. And it's not my tears. It's not my heart. My heart isn't that big. But I just keep getting this sense that he's given me a small taste of his heart for the world, his heart for his kids. And you are covered in his love. What your heart feels as you watch your child sleeping and realize you'd do anything you could to see them become all they can. That's 
That's his heart for you. He, he didn't have to. You're, you're not a have to. You're not a, a task on his to-do list. It's not even let's make a deal. You get rid of the flaws and I'll find you a place. You are not God's have to. You're God's want to. And this God whose hands are shaping you out of love, I'm telling you, you can trust his word. The word of God is trustworthy, making the simple wise, enlightening the heart and rejoicing the soul. It's more valuable than gold. It's sweeter than honey. And it guides us on the path of right living. As we embrace the beauty of creation and the wisdom of God's word, just pray, may our hearts be stirred with gratitude and awe. Let's approach his word with reverence, seeking to be transformed by its truth and and to follow its ways. It's an amazing privilege that God has made his word available. So let's listen to him. Let's learn from him. Let's, Let's lean into his word with all our hearts. In fact, can I give you an assignment? I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to read this psalm one more time and then pray for you. But before you leave this space we're in, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to write an I will statement. As a result of what I've listened to and learned about God and his word and his love for me, because I, I want to lean into his word and not just hear it, as a result of all that, what will you do? I will finish the statement. Listen to the let, Listen to it again. God's glory. I'm, I'm reading this time from Eugene Uh, Peterson is the message. God's glory is on tour in the skies. God's craft on exhibit across the horizon. Madame Day holds classes every morning. Professor Knight lectures each evening. Their words aren't heard. Their voices aren't recorded, but their silence fills the earth. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. God makes a huge dome for the sun, a a super dome, the, the morning sun a new husband <laughs> leaping from his honeymoon bed, the daybreaking sun, an athlete racing to the tape. That's how God's word vaults across the skies from sunrise to sunset, melting ice, scorching deserts, warming hearts to faith. The revelation of God is whole and it, it pulls our lives together. The signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. The, the life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. The directions of God are plain. They're easy on the eyes. God's reputation has 24 karat gold with a lifetime guarantee. The decisions of God are accurate down to the nth degree. God's word is better than a diamond, better than a diamond set between emeralds. You'll you'll, you'll like it better than strawberries in the spring, better than red ripe strawberries. And, And there's more. God's word warns us of danger and directs us to hidden treasure. Otherwise, how will we find our way? Or know when we play the fool. Clean the slate, God, so we can start the day fresh. Keep me from stupid sins, from thinking I can take over your work. And and then I can start this day sun-washed, scrubbed clean of the grime of sin. These are the words in my mouth. These are what I chew on and pray. Accept them when I place them on the morning altar. Oh, God, my altar rock. God, priest of my altar. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for the glory, the beauty, the majesty of your creation. The the creation that we, we look out and see as we look at the world, the skies, the stars, the the, the leaves, the trees, everything that we see, but not only that, us and, and not only our our bodies, but 
but the way that you are fashioning our souls, our hearts, our minds, the, the, the story that you are writing for us. God, we say thank you for your glory on display. And Father, I pray for each and every person who who's listening, who who does not feel like their life is a is an exhibit of Your glory. God, I pray for redemption. I pray for a new focus. I pray for a new day. God, I pray that there would be a listening to Your Word, and that Your Word would transform. That that the Spirit of God would breathe life into their heart and their soul, their mind. God, I pray that they would see in in little ways, maybe at first in huge ways to come, that they would see that that their life is a a manuscript for your story, that that their life is, is a part of your glory, the glory of your creation. We thank you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.